0: Hardcore Software, Inside the Rise and Fall of the PC Revolution, by Steven Sanofsky, narrated by Steven Sanofsky. To be hardcore is to be wildly optimistic about what can be achieved tomorrow, while harshly pessimistic about what works today. Creating software is an art. It is computer science and engineering. It is inspiration and perspiration. It is inherently individual, yet relies on a team. Most of all, building software is a group of people coming together to conjure something into existence and turn that into a product used by billions. A note to the audio edition. This is Steven Sanofsky. I chose to narrate this personal story myself to bring you the words and emotions of the journey of the PC through my eyes. The goal of this work is to share what I saw, experienced, and felt at the PC revolution, roughly the 1980s to the early 2010s. Hopefully, what I lack in polish of a professional voice actor I make up for with authenticity. All material is copyright 2023, Learning by Shipping. The full text, along with various artifacts described herein, is available on hardcoresoftware.learningbyshipping.com. An ebook is available through a variety of global distribution points. I hope you enjoy this work as much as I enjoyed bringing it to life. This work is dedicated to MW, Z, and C. Without everyone at Microsoft and partners around the world, nothing described here would have been possible or nearly as fun. Thank you. Special gratitude to SK, DH, LB, MA, TG, and JLG. Prologue. Becoming a Hacker. Stop clicking. Stop beeping. My sister Jill. In 1982, Time Magazine named the personal computer Machine of the Year, marking the first time a non-human was awarded Man of the Year. It was a fascinating read, but like many nerdy kids across the country at the time, I'd already become captivated by computers. The online version has a copy of the cover of that issue of Time Magazine. My best friend Dave Crotty and our other best friend Neil Fordham spent the previous year making mixtapes of 80s punk and new wave on Dave's father's Bang & Olufsen component system. When Dave's brother Kevin got an Atari 800 computer, my curiosity peaked. I was mesmerized by this new machine, not by the video games I could play on it, but by the presence of BASIC, the first programming language experienced by most everyone in the early days of personal computing. BASIC was thanks in no small part to Bill Gates and Paul Allen and their startup, originally known as Microsoft, with a hyphen and a capital S. The online version has a photograph of the Atari 800. I gave up Space Invaders for rows of numbered lines. The timing turned out to be great. Our family business was a retail store in Orlando, Florida. My Saturdays were spent calculating sales tax, doing inventory, and making change while chatting with customers. Dave's Atari gave me an opportunity to create my first program. Seven lines long. Let me just read them in basic. 10. Print. Quote, amount of sale, question mark, end quote. 20. Input sale. 30. Let tax equal sale asterisk 0.04. 40. Print. Quote, merchandise. End quote, sale. 50, print, quote, tax, end quote, tax. 60, print, total, comma, sale plus tax. 70, go to 10. As the family business evolved, my father, David, realized that turning it into a wholesaler was a great opportunity for the family. He decided to buy a computer to run it. I have no idea where the motivation for this came from and certainly knew the expense was significant. $1,800 then, or about $5,000 in 2020. While our family had been early adopters to some degree of many modern household items, we had a fancy 35 millimeter camera, a microwave, a Betamax, and even a big screen TV. A computer, however, was puzzling. It was also an enormous privilege. Rather than a, quote, toy computer, of which the Apple II, Atari, and the new Commodore 64 with 64K of memory were viewed at the time by those who claim to know, my father invested in a business computer. He went to a computer store staffed by people in suits and ties and bought one of the earliest Osborne 1 computers. The online version has a photo of the Osborne. The Osborne was a remarkable machine at the time and in the history of the personal computer. A nearly 30-pound portable, It didn't even have a battery, as portable just meant you could relocate it. Described as the size of a sewing machine, it had a five-inch CRT screen that wasn't even large enough for a full 80 characters across. So using the control key plus the arrows panned the screen to allow someone to see the rest of it. It came with two 90K 5.25 inch floppy drives and 64 kilobytes of memory. It ran the CPM operating system, Control Program Monitor. Which at the time was vying to become the de facto standard. It came with a bundle of free business software, including the WordStar word processor, the SuperCalc spreadsheet, which was a copy of the remarkable VisiCalc on the Apple II, and two different basic languages: M Basic, which I later learned was Microsoft Basic, and a faster variant, C Basic. Notably, a database program called DBASE 2 was promised but did not arrive until later. Real soon, the dealer told us. Magazines were the early fountain of knowledge about the new computer because computers were not connected to anything else or any other computers. The monthly Portable Companion, the first issue, free with the computer, was filled with tips and tricks for using the Osborne and bundled software. I dutifully filled out the reader response cards and soon had a library of code samples I could type in and printer configuration codes, I read Dr. Dobbs and Byte at the B. Dalton bookseller in the mall instead of playing games. The online version has a cover of Portable Companion magazine from June-July 1982, the premier issue. Though Russians had invaded Afghanistan and a reporter used an Osborne to write dispatches amazingly, the photo blew my mind at the time. I still have a complete set of this magazine. Even today, when I open the pages, I can remember night after night reviewing the code samples and ideas for how to use the Osborne. I set up the computer in the tiny extra room that served as the TV room for me and my sister, much to her chagrin. The noise created by the combination of typing on the full-travel keyboard, the Epson line printer, and the constant grinding and clacking of floppy disk drives, not to mention the loud beep at power on and the whirring fan, took a toll on my younger sister, Jill. Through our lightly constructed 1970s Florida ranch house, I heard her repeatedly whine late at night. Stop clicking. Stop beeping. I was undeterred. My father and I spoke twice about the computer. The first time was when we bought the computer for the business and I was left to figure out how to put it to work, whatever that meant in 1981. Second, after a few months when I was not making enough progress, he basically said he was going to fire me and hire a professional, whatever that meant. But that second conversation lit a fire under me, I spent a month or two using C-Basic to build an inventory program for the wholesaler. I had no idea how a database worked, what a database table was, or anything like that. There were enough example programs for managing lists in C-Basic for me to figure out how to modify them to do something. Probably just in time for my father's loss of patience with me, I was rescued by the delivery of disks and a manual for DBASE 2. After a few hours of using it and going through the typewritten photocopy documentation that came with it, a whole new world opened up for me. I immediately began building an entire system for the business. A tribute to the power of Dbase 2 more than any skill I had, it took only a few weeks to get accounts, inventory, payables, and invoicing up and running. My father was relieved. I began the job of manually inputting the names and addresses of hundreds of customers and thousands of products. To store all the data that did did not fit on a 90K floppy, I spent weeks evaluating a 10-megabyte hard drive to add to the second Osborne bought for the business. One remained at home for me to program, and the other ran the business. The 10-megabyte drive was the size of our Betamax and sounded like a small aircraft, but it dramatically changed how the business could be run. Imagine something like 100 floppies running all at once. It was magic, and it was very fast. Along with DBASE 2, the 300 baud modem that promised to unlock the world of connecting to other computers over telephone lines was also delayed. When it finally arrived, I added a new sound to the clicking and beeping, the audible modem handshake that later came to symbolize online. At first, there wasn't much to dial up except expensive per-minute professional services that were way out of my price range and required a credit card I did not have. After a lucky meeting at the local CPM user group, CPM Mug or CP Mug as it was called. There was the, where I was the youngest by at least 10 years and the only person there not yet working at Mark Marietta or Kennedy Space Center, I learned about FidoNet. I was finally online. And then I was online all the time using the second phone line I received for my bar mitzvah. That connected me to user groups, forums, and others writing and exchanging programs. I felt like I was on a new learning curve every night has led to another discovery. Sometimes I learned the arcane aspects of CPM, such as how to edit the OS code to disable the file delete command to make using the computer safer for my father, or to customize WordStar for our printer so it would print double wide characters for fancy headings. Other times I learned some sophisticated DBase 2 constructs like keeping multiple tables connected and in sync for reporting. It was also in an online forum that I learned about the IBM PC and how it was going to be the winner between CPM, Apple Computer, TRS-80, those other ever-present computers. So much was changing in such a short amount of time. That year, fewer than 2 million PCs were built by dozens of computer companies and sold, each computer running a different and incompatible level of software, as if early, early automobiles needed different roads for each car maker. A year earlier, IBM introduced the IBM PC and it was welcomed to the PC revolution by five-year-old Apple Computer in a full-page advertisement in the Wall Street Journal. It was still early in the PC revolution. Cornell University's computer science program, one of the first in the country, started in 1965, the year I was born. As 1982 wound down, I was admitted to Cornell. Prompted by that Time magazine article, my mother, Marsha, told me that computers were a fine hobby but that I was reminded I wanted to be a doctor. I received a good talking to once she read the description of the hacker culture in Time magazine, flannel shirts, no shoes, and working late at night in the solitary computer room of the nation's colleges. It all sounded too close to late night beeping and clicking. She wanted assurance that I was intending Cornell to study something more in line with what she was expecting, what I wanted. She was concerned that I might become a hacker. Too late.